Welcome to The Wheel Reads, a Wheel of Time podcast. Your hosts are Alan, Chris, and Ian. This podcast is safe for first-time readers with no spoilers. This week, we'll be covering chapters 40 and 41 of The Dragon Reborn, A Hero in the Night, and A Hunter's Oath. Enjoy! All right, welcome to season three, episode sixteen. A um, few housekeeping things. Um, I guess the the biggest one is that we finally hit fifty thousand downloads. I know I talked about that a couple of weeks ago that we're almost there, so we hit there. Um, so yay, we're, we're we have fifty thousand downloads, uh, which is cool. Um, no new patrons. Um, as I mentioned last time, our Twitter we got twelve hundred Twitter followers now, which you know we're still not as big as our guest, but I'll get to that in a second. But uh, <laughs> at least on Twitter, <laughs> um, and. Yeah, uh, as far as everything else, we're just kind of the same. Um, and we do have a guest all the way from Sweden. Um, we're recording this on a Sunday because um, our, our, our normal evening time for time zones is kind of rough for Swedish accounts, uh, our listeners. So our, our guests, um, you know, uh, I usually do a location every single week. So I guess I'll, we do have listeners in Sweden, um, probably just as, as, as our guest. So Andrew, hey. our bard of time is our guest this week. Um if many of you guys know him, if you follow Twitter of time or you're on Twitter, he writes songs and music and has YouTube as well um, uh, for uh, Wheel of Time related. And also, I think you're in a band and do other stuff besides Wheel of Time. I've seen some of that, but um, but most of us know you from there. So do you want to talk about yourself, what you do and say hello? Yes. Hello, everybody. Fun to be here. Uh, yeah, I make music, you know, mostly related to the Wheel of Time and the Wheel of Time community. And, uh, yeah, I post them on Twitter and on, you know, uh, YouTube, Instagram. And that's fun. So, yeah, that's about what I do. Well, we enjoy yours a lot. Uh, at least Thank I do. Um, it's a lot, always a lot of fun. We enjoy some... what we're allowed to enjoy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alan's our gatekeeper. Would I show them? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so now going into personal life. Um See, we recorded last Tuesday. We lost everything. So that was fun. So just anyone listening to this episode, letting you guys know, it might be a little different formatted than normal because we're recording last week's episode tonight. So I don't have predictions because we haven't done it yet. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> so um, I, I'm going to have a fun day editing tomorrow because I won't be able to edit that till after tonight. Um, and then hopefully get it out by Tuesday. If I'm a little late, um, this is like a week later now, because if you're listening to this, not live, um, that's why I was late last week. Um, but yeah, so that's it. Personal life goes, nothing really new going on. Oh, also I'm, um, I'm, I'm playing, um, single parent next weekend. It's going to be fun. Uh, my wife is going out of town, um, with, the, with a couple of our girlfriends. Um, and, um, I have the kids for the weekend. So this will be the first time I've actually, done a whole weekend with my, just my kids. So, you know, Ian's used to that kind of stuff. I'm not. So we'll see um, how it goes with a, a one-year-old and a three-year-old. <laughs> the house might burn down. I don't know. We'll try to make it through. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you, what about you guys? Let's, let's so Alan, little advice, you start with a plan, but just, you know, be ready to frago and move on to something else and keep them, keep them active. And eventually they pass out. That's generally, mm-hmm. 
you know, if I want a nap, I know they got to take a solid nap. So we'll, we'll do the mm-hmm. heavy activities in the morning and then your afternoon nap is really good. So you, you just got to oh, yeah. replay in a little bit. You'll be fine. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So, uh, me personal life, man, I feel like I need to just put a pause on commenting on the dating life because it's, it's just this yo-yo effect. It's like there's potential here and then there's just some red flag and blah, blah, blah. And then this last weekend, gosh, actually, I don't even know what episode I should mention this on. Who cares? It's going to be discombobulated. Uh, some of y'all know I was meeting up with a coworker, uh, supposed to be yesterday, but then Friday night, we had a good time in this group Zoom meeting where I had a little bit of rum. Uh, and so I woke up just in time to like get ready to go to that. And like right as I did, I got a message from her that she couldn't make it. So I was like, okay, sweet, rain check. And I just went back to bed. I literally slept all day Saturday. It was fantastic. Um, but the coolest thing that's happened in my life recently, I mentioned to some of y'all before that uh, I used to coach a USA swim team for about four years down in lower Alabama. And swim wasn't really big there. You know, it was like a less than 10 person team when I got on it. Uh, By the time I left, it was like 40 plus and we were competing nationally. Uh, And I'm at the point now where some of the swimmers that started in like the middle school age range. So I got them early on. uh, They're now in college. And one of them swims at a in a smaller conference in North Carolina. But with all the COVID stuff and everything, they haven't been able to do meets. Well, they finally had like their big championship meet this last weekend. And in three of her events, she not only shattered her personal records, her school records, but the conference records as well. Like she just sent me a bunch of pictures of her just loaded with medals on the podium. And I could not be more proud. It was fantastic. So anyways, that's that's the main highlight of my weekend. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Chris, you're 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 called you're on remote for this weekend, so yeah, <laughs> on location. So, <laughs> yeah, remote location for real. So per usual, Chris makes like awesome plans, and then stuff happens. So um, for those that have been listening, you guys know I coach remotely at Randolph College, which is in Lynchburg, Virginia. And it is in our, what is that considered our Ridge and Valley region? It's in our mountainous area. So we're up in the mountains. It's supposed to rain. We have a track meet and it starts to rain. And all of a sudden, like literally 30 seconds after the rain comes, it switches to sleet and ice and then swaps over to snow. And yeah, I was supposed to have Chanel come to Lynchburg to visit me. We were going to spend the weekend together. And then we were going to head home on Sunday, and I was going to be back in time to record this on my nice new mic in my dungeon in New, in Williamsburg, Virginia. Well, Friday, I make a lateral, pull a lateral, and I'm like, hey, Chanel, don't come here. It's just as close for me to come to you as it is for me to go to Williamsburg. And if I drive down to Charlotte, then I get to spend an extra few evenings with you before we go back to in-person teaching in a week. And then I won't get to see her for like a month and some change. So, needless to say, I am now in Charlotte. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, like went from Williamsburg to Lynchburg, Lynchburg to Charlotte. Okay. And so, and that way we got the chance to to hang out a little bit, and then I'll I'll head home and be there, you know, until April. <laughs> All right. 
Cool, cool. Sounds good. Um, yeah. And one thing I didn't mention, I guess, last few episodes um, that I would be doing a giveaway on this episode. So um, first, it, so I've been thinking about how to do it. I wanted to do it for Discord. I said that last time. It's not going to be uh, for Twitter this this month. But I'm giving away a Will Reed's logo T-shirt, just one of our T-shirts. And I decided just to pick someone actually listening to us. So I went to random.org. It's actually a website where you can randomly pick a number. And the person that gets the T-shirt is Blonde Blanfear. So congratulations. Yay. Um, Yay. So I will um, figure that out and ship one out to you. Um, I'll just need some information and we'll get that. And you'll have a T-shirt. So, um we all yeah. have t-shirts yeah t-shirts are always fun um that's just what this this month is next month we'll go back to maybe a twitter giveaway i might do a book i'm not sure actually i am but i'm not gonna pull the spreadsheet right now so <laughs> <laughs> it's on there somewhere so yeah so congratulations and um we'll we'll figure that out um so um like i said normally i go into predictions but i'm not doing that this week because unless you guys I, you know, swear that you're going to bring it up again tonight. Um. <laughs> My brain doesn't work that way, man. You know that. I'm just, I'm, wing, I'm winging it. I'm winging <laughs> so, it. So I have yeah. no idea so, what I'm um, going to talk about last week. Uh, 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 yeah, exactly. Um, I, I won't, I won't pause this time and wait for you to, <laughs> to, to do, uh, you know, something. Um, so, oh, that's perfect. Sing a song or something. So. Um, with that being said, let's go right into this chapter. So first chapter we're covering is chapter 40, a hero in the night. Um, and we switch away. Um, you know, we were with the, the girls for a few, uh, a few chapters. I think it was a few weeks actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now with our good friend, Matt. So let's start with them. They're arriving at Aaron Gill. Um, this, uh, that's their destination where they're heading to, um, on the gray gall last, you know, last time they boarded the ship. Now they're there. Um, and this is, I guess, the closest town on the river to uh, Camelin, where Matt is going to deliver the letter. So, um, and, and the opening scene, you just get the very um, idea that that Kyrian is being devastated by the Civil War. And it's very, very, with all the refugees and just everything going on, it's very evident right away. Yeah, and we got hints of that from uh, the girls and their travels on their ship, right? And they, yeah, they saw fires in the distance yeah. and things like that, but this is I where mean, they, they see the right by that ship. Yeah, they did. Right. Well, <laughs> we find out two, two ships passing in the night. Uh, how close were they? Like, it always makes me wonder how come they, or it made me wonder today, how come that just didn't end up with the girls traveling along this route? I know they're going different directions, different ways, but you know. Yeah. And well, I think they sent Matt away before. So they left after that whole meeting and then they, then they, right. So, but I think Matt went, took a slow, I don't know. I have to go look at the timelines. It's a slightly different path. Yeah. I mean, obviously they ran aground, but if they're behind, I don't know how they get ahead. That's a good question. Hmm. I don't know. I'll say this before we really (laughs) dig into the meat of it. I was kind of hoping um, that we would have a traveling chapter with um, Matt and Tom, and I guess we still have time where there's going to be a lot more conversation between the two of them. Maybe we get more out of Tom about what happened and how he supposedly killed the king and all that jazz. But 
we haven't gotten any of that yet. We just kind of, the boat arrives and then we hop into some action there. But they, they still have more travels here. left. So maybe we get some of that at a time eventually. Yeah. Chris, you're saying something? No, I'm saying I don't think we're going to get it. Like, we, if you think about it, Ian, we only have like four episodes left in this book. That's true. It's going to come together quick. Like either either something's gonna tumble really fast, or we get some really quick action in the next like four, in the next month, the month of March. Well, we finished the we finished the end of April, so we we well, I guess middle April, Ooh. second week of April, second week of April. Okay, we've got a couple filler so, chapters left where he can build up with some of this backstory. Maybe so, but something crazy's got to happen in the next two chapters or so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, I think you guys noticed this from the first two books, but um, it's definitely a Brandon Sanderson thing as well. And I've mentioned this before. Um, the end of Robert Jordan books are always just crazy. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah. And so like they they land or they – what is the what is the word? It's not landing. They dock. Yeah, that's the proper yeah. word. Yeah. <laughs> They, I should know that. I live in the Hanroads area. I hang out with you too. Anyway, they dock and all of a sudden they're seeing all of this just refugees essentially coming into the land. And they go up to the soldier trying to get information and he's like not having it, which I thought was, you know, kind of showing the times where they don't have any time to stop and have casual conversations. So. Yeah, I, 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 I imagine mean, I, every other person is going up to this guy because he looks like he's in charge of the troops there. Like every other person's probably going up to him trying to ask a question, get information. So if this is his second day of doing this or more, he's done with it. He's like, just freaking move. <laughs> like, don't yeah. have time for this. And whenever you have like a really busy border or anything like that, the, the guards are anybody, like anybody really. It's just, they're they're very short with you anyway. Like I remember... Uh, some of my travels overseas, I mean, not so much refugees, but definitely where you have heavy boarding crossers, crossings. Um, one I think of is going from Malaysia to Singapore. Um, it is just because a ton of people, I mean, a ton of people live in Malaysia and work in Singapore and vice. And, and so that, and there's one bridge that goes over to the island. And those people are extremely short and it's kind of like all business. You ask me questions or like, uh, ask them in the city. Don't ask me, like, don't talk to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Let me see your papers. I stamp it. Now move. Yeah. Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> in India, they harass you for cigarette money. Oh yeah. Well, that, that's what I say. That, that was definitely Indone- Indonesia. They definitely did. Huh? <laughs> You're like, huh? You don't want to get a ticket. It's like, dude, yeah. we're, we're, at a, we're at a checkpoint. Yeah. But you want a ticket? No, no, we need cigarette money. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, does, that, does, does that happen in Sweden, Andrew? Do, do they get shakedowns? Um, no, we are really <laughs> by the book in Sweden, so I, I, I'm and sure, that, and that's why we are exceptional boring. We're, re- <laughs> yeah. we're really boring people. We follow the rules. We are <clears throat> strict. Yeah, that's about it. Okay, so not not a lot of I'm mats really... hanging around in your neck of the woods. Nope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not a good representation of Sweden, I, I know. suppose. <laughs> yeah. There's actually, uh, so when I was traveling in Thailand, there was a Swedish bar. It was called, they actually called it Stockholm Syndrome. That was the name of the bar. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> which yeah, is that's... a great name for a bar. Yeah. <laughs> funny and sad. It was, yeah. yeah, funny and sad, but it was, it was a lot of fun. They had uh, traditional, I guess, Swedish type dishes, but and lots of drinks. Um, it was very yeah, so, drinks. So I can see they have a business concept, you know, you, you lock every, oh, everybody inside, make them drink booze, and they're not allowed to leave until you don't want to leave. Brilliant mm-hmm. concept. Exactly. Yeah. yeah you you exactly. can check out anytime you want, but you can never yeah. leave. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. See, if you if you yeah over over and overseas, you can get actually really good Swedish food. Around in America, we just have IKEA, so you can have the meatballs there, and that's that's, <laughs> about it. that's all we got. <laughs> that's all we got. God, if the whole country was like IKEA, I'd have to shoot myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good food in Sweden. Yeah, McDonald's and yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ikea. Yeah, yeah. Ikea, yeah, exactly. <laughs> good deal. So, yeah, he gets his guard. The guard doesn't give him, he has this like, good luck uh, finding a place to sleep, let alone a horse. Like, they've already eaten the horses. And, and yeah. Tom goes, oh, they're eating horses? I think, you know, they had that bad. Um, so, you know. I, 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 word, I, I want to make note, Mike, Matt finally shows the letter. Yeah. To yeah. the captain, just to kind of ease things over. But then he also thinks that the reason why people are after him is because of the letter. Yeah. Like, there's clearly no other reason. <laughs> nope. 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 None at all. None. <laughs> Nobody's interested Poor in Matt. Matt. You know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But yeah, so um yeah, the horse, the horse meat thing, and that's and that's actually a a, a common thing too, and especially in like, you know going back to the 1700s or 1600s during times of famine to eat the horses. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, in fact, uh, where we live is called they're called the horse latitudes because when people sailed across the Atlantic to America, if they got stuck in these latitudes, the wind dies, especially during the summertime, it doesn't blow at all, kind of like the doldrums on the equator. So um, sailors will oftentimes have to eat their horses because they otherwise they'd starve at sea. Hence why they're called the horse latitudes. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. And, and obviously the way it's pictured here with Tom's reaction, that that's a sign of how bad things have gotten. And yeah. you, if you know a little bit about the common livestock that, you know, people use to feed off of, um, you know, beef and cattle actually takes a while to raise, but like goats, chickens, pigs uh, really doesn't take, that long to breed, to raise, to be able to feed off of them. So if you're at the point now where like, there's not even enough of those to feed the population, really people desperate. are getting desperate. Like it's, it's bad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Things have gotten pretty bad. So, yeah. So, well, Matt, you know, is still confident. So he goes to the first in and, 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 you know, says, Hey, can we get a room? <laughs> Just start laughing. Like, no, uh, we're already sleeping four to a bed. There's no way. And Tom's like, well, I'll perform, uh, you know, I'll be a glee man. They're like, they just start laughing at him. Like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> um, and they do this at several ends because Matt's refusing to stay at a stable. I think it's like their fourth or fifth end before Matt's like, fine, we'll ask for the stable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but hold, hold on. I got to pull a Kristen back up a little bit. <clears throat> sure. All right. So uh, in talking to the guard and Tom being like, what the heck? And then they mention how they're getting ready to pretty much shut down the port there from allowing uh, refugees to come in. And Tom was kind of scratching his head. And let's be honest, there's some history between him and the queen, right? So mm-hmm. he knows her a little bit. And he's like, that just that doesn't sound like her. Like she could be rough around the edges, sure. But 
she's always had a big heart for, you know, her people. And, and in a situation like this, he'd expect her to do something more for him, like anything she possibly could. So now my mind's running all these different rabbit holes. What's changed with the queen? Do we have like a, um, was it King of Rohan situation where she somehow possessed and, you know, a, a puppet queen now, or has something actually happened to her? She's no longer the queen. Mm. Um, I mean, who knows with all of this going on. Uh, She's still being manipulated by her red Aja. Right. And that's what I was thinking, Mm. like the possession thing. Maybe maybe she did some sort of mind meld trick thingamabobber and has her all messed up in the head. Interesting. Yeah. I just, again, I don't think. He hasn't been around in a while either. Maybe he came and took over. Yeah. We've done done this just long (laughs) enough, Chris, that I don't think. Uh, Jordan would write that in there about Tom's expectations of what Queen Morgays would have done. I don't think he'd write that in there without it coming to play sometimes. I got yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. So, question mark there. Hmm. I had the same question mark. So, I don't know, Andrew, do you have an answer for us? What do you, yeah. what do you know? <laughs> oh, I, I said with all the answer because I'm, I have read the series for like 49 times, but <laughs> I have. Uh, uh, epic or legendary bad memory so I uh, can't remember anything so every time I read the books oh this is good and also discovering <laughs> huh I did not notice this the 15th time around but now I do what do you think's going on <laughs> yeah. I think Alan Morgan he, that we're going to try and get stuff out of him yeah yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. And that's why I invited Andrew along because I, I know I know he does. He's like a first time reader because he doesn't even know what's going to happen next because he forgets nope. everything. So he can't tell you. That's perfect. <laughs> I can't tell you anything. Exactly. So yeah. Um, so but uh, but maybe let's put it that way. Um, or maybe not. Um, <laughs> sure. So yeah, sure. We'll just leave it sure there. Um, so yeah, like I said, uh, now now. The other scene too, I, I kind of glazed or didn't even talk about was where Matt saw the woman and the child and gives them some money. Um, that yeah, was Matt has a heart. Yeah, I was going to take a step back too. It's like he, in his mind, he's like, "I'll do anything for somebody that can pay." But then he sees this woman with three children, you know, kind of scanning, looking like she's waiting on somebody, and he feels bad for her and the kids. And he's like, "Here, take some money, feed the kids," and like hurries away. Like, he doesn't want to be seen doing anything good. He wants to have his bad boy persona protective, but he couldn't help but slide her a little bit of money and, and help out. So I had to commend Matt for that. So Matt will be my favorite character this chapter just for that. Yeah, and so here and then later when he gives some coin again to somebody else, um, you know, part of it is he has so much, right? And he he believes he can gamble and get some more whenever he needs to and that's part of it but i i I get the feeling with matt uh even if it was the last of his coin uh he he'd rather see himself go hungry than that woman and still would have passed it along so we'll see hopefully we'll run into situations like that where we can judge him a little bit more but right now it just seemed kind of easy because his pockets were so full but i still think he would have done it even even if it was his last coin yeah i'd like to think so too yeah, because, because, you know, people often, oh, I have so much money in my pockets. I better just give them away. Yeah, Most well, people don't work like that. It, it depends on what tax bracket you're in. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then you have to give it away for, you know, but yeah. then you get a tax deductible or something. So no. I'm surprised he didn't. If he would have asked for a receipt, I, I would be like, <laughs> yeah. okay, that yeah. messed up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what is it? Uh, I mean, well, I guess it depends on the individual. Cause you, you look at someone like Jeff Bezos who owns Amazon's, uh, he is horrible about charitable giving. Like his tax his public charitable giving is like next to nothing. He doesn't as a percentage of his, as a percentage of his wealth, he doesn't give to charity at all. And, but then you go to someone like a Bill Gates or Elon Musk where they have, you know, Elon Musk gives away all stuff. He doesn't want possessions or anything. So he has tons of money, but he doesn't, (laughs) uh, he doesn't, he doesn't believe in possessing things. I don't, it's weird. Um, Yeah. yeah, He just sold all his houses and everything. Um, So, and then you have people like, you know, uh, uh, Oh, damn it. Uh, Tom, John Wick. Oh, he, Keanu Reeves. He did, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he, he gives yeah. away millions, but he just, mm-hmm. he's not one of those celebrity that needs to boast about it. He just no, does right. it. You know, in he just does it. Right. Yeah. Very simple yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there's definitely cases. I mean, was it, a, was it Andrew Carnegie that, that, that didn't give his kids any money? They gave it all the charity? Yeah. Had, I think it was. <laughs> um, anyway. So it does happen. Not saying that that's, that's common. There's definitely, a, <laughs> um, there's, there's a lot more of a, of, of people that don't give away their money, but, but yeah, it's nice that Matt has this sentiment. I mean, I mean, you know, obviously Matt doesn't come, he comes from the two rivers. Um, and, and he's not like he's been rich for very long. He's been rich for a week. I mean, he had, he had like two silvers, um, when, when he left the white tower and then he made all his money in Tarf Island on his way to the dock and now they're off the ship. So, yeah. um, I think, it makes, like he's been... I think it makes a difference that Matt knows what it's like to go hungry, even for a short amount of time. He knows what it's like to not have a roof over your head. And oh, sure. a lot of times when you've gone through those situations, it's uh, easier to be empathetic and relate when you see that happening to somebody else, you know? Most right. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So after, you know, like I said, passing through many ends, they finally ask, you know, if they can stay in the stable and, and at first, the I guess the innkeeper says, no, my stable's for horses. And then they show him how much gold they want to pay him. Okay. <laughs> um, and, and then he gambles for horses as well, which I love that. But, and for a place to stay. So let's talk about that whole scene. Well, my favorite part is the, the end of the scene and how Jordan transitions. Um, I love <laughs> yeah, I, and I'm glad you appreciated that. So, so before Tom tried to interject and Matt kind of like slapped him on the hand and be like, bro, I got this. Just let me do my thing. So we, we get to this end and, you know, he sprinkles the money up there. He knows he has a greedy innkeeper, does his thing, sees the dice cup. And he's like, let's roll some more jiggles his pockets. And it goes from the innkeeper just being convinced he goes he almost laughed as greed lit the innkeeper's face and then we don't hear what what the result is it just goes when matt walked into the stable the first thing he did was check along the half dozen half dozen stalls with horses in them for a pair of brown geldings da 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 da. but they were his like i i just thought that was great writing um (laughs) and that's something that can easily be put up on the big screen when they when they get to the scene if they cover it uh yeah. It just, you know, what's it going to be, you know, two shakes of the cup and then boom, you see Matt, you know, patting down the horses and be like, yeah, Tom, these will do. <laughs> <laughs> what, like, in, like, again, I'm, I'm right there with you in the way he set this up, because even prior to that, it said Matt eyed the dice thoughtfully. He pulled out a golden Andor crown, set it atop the chest, two silver Tarvalon marks, then a gold one, then a gold Tyrion crown. 
The innkeeper looked at the coins and licked his plump lips. Matt added two silver Ileana marks and another gold Andor crown. He looked at the round-faced man. The innkeeper hesitated. Matt reached out. Boom. Innkeeper's hands, quicker than lightning, snatched all the coins up. Ha, maybe you can sleep with the horses. Like, in that <laughs> instance... He had him. He, he, he had him. You could see, like, he had the innkeeper trapped. Like, the innkeeper thought he was something special. But then even for the reader, like, I was like, man, this, this guy's hands move quicker than Matt's. Did Matt purposely hesitate and let him win? Or did the just an innkeeper have, innkeeper have quicker hands? Matt, Matt, Matt did. The wrong person. Yeah, Matt did that move when you're at the restaurant and they bring one bill and you don't want to pay it. You want the other person to pay it, but you don't want to look like you're not trying to pay it. So you reach for it very slowly. <laughs> like, I'm reaching for it. And he was snatched it. He was like, oh no, you got it. <laughs> you best like me. Are you sure? Oh, you don't have to. Are you sure? Are you sure? Um, All right. I, I mean, okay. Okay. I got you next time. I got you next time. <laughs> yeah, start, starting to pat your pa- pocket for, for your vault yeah, wallet. Right. Where did oh, I no. put that thing? Where is it? <laughs> oh, you got me. Uh, Not that I ever do so, that. I, <clears> so all yeah. these years I went to lunch with you, that's really what you were doing. Got yes, it. it was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and th- this goes back to lunchtime at Taco Bell when we're ordering for from the dollar menu. And like between the two of us, it comes out to like $5.32. And <laughs> Alan's pulling out his wallet and I'm just like, where did I put that? Hmm, I don't know. Just, oh, you got <laughs> yep. Hmm. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So. Very smooth. Andrew, you're going to say something about all this? No. <laughs> Uh, I, I think it's funny because, you know, Matt pu- probably puts out enough coin to buy the whole inn or half the town. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, the innkeeper would probably be stupid not to take the bet because it's, you know, it's not high right. stakes for him. Only for yeah. Matt. So. Yeah. And being that Matt, it's a lot of refugees coming through, I doubt there's many people in these crowds that are carrying that much gold and silver. No. Yeah. So. Yeah. At the same time, you know, Matt is kind of making himself a target. If yeah. people sees that, you know, oh, that guy has coin and a ton. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So after um, they have dinner in, in the in the stable, they're they're sitting there and they hear a wagon being pulled up outside, and a woman comes in, you know, out of the out of the rain, and you know, there's a few tense moments where obviously. Matt's been in a stable before where a woman showed up and the next thing you know, there was a knife to his throat and <laughs> yeah, and Matt was able to move around and, and disarm her and lock her in there. But you had to think that, that, that there's definitely this moment of tension right here. Like, all right, we got the fight. Like what's going on. This can't be coincidence. Uh, this woman comes in here and, and they, you know, even questioned, well, I guess before that men show up. And they, st- they stay still for a little bit to listen to the conversation. Uh, well, and, and slightly before that, so Matt's kind of sizing up the situation like, great, here comes somebody. And maybe to your part, Andrew, maybe he's smart enough to realize, um, <clears throat> you know, he flashed a little bit of gold. He pulled one over on the innkeeper. You know, I was even thinking there's the chance that when they go in here, the innkeeper knows where he's at. Maybe he sends his henchmen to kill him, keep his horses, take the rest of the money, some some sort of thing. So Matt 
was kind of smart to be like, oh, great, somebody's in here. I need to handle this. Uh, but Tom's only reaction was, damn, she lit that fast. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. that lamp was lit fast. Mm, that's crazy. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it kind of fired him up. I, I just, I'm picturing him twirling his mustaches like, mm, I got to get this lady's number. She knew how to make yeah. fire. Yeah. And then yeah, these men come in and they overhear the conversation about what happened in Kyrian. Um, the guild house there apparently had an accident at the chapter house and she was blamed for it because um, <clears throat> Rand um, and Loyal might have uh, <laughs> might have did that. Um, I don't know if you guys put that together. That, oh, yeah. That she was being blamed for. And, and of course, they have no idea that it was Rand and Loyal and neither is Matt. I mean, no one has any idea of what exactly happened. They're, they're blaming this random guy, but she was the head of the the chapter house there. So she was thrown out of the illuminators, but now they're hunting her down because apparently she's telling their secrets to people. And that's not, um, and that's punishable by death by their guild. Well, not, so. not necessarily telling her secrets, but she's using her knowledge to make fireworks, to make right. money. So, right. And, and, and that's still illegal for the guild. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, you got to tell the mafia, but don't, uh, but don't, you know, do any mafia type stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Because start your own own waste Mm -hmm. management company in, uh, Hampton, Virginia. Uh, And they're Mm -hmm. like, uh, that's nope. That's how you get taken out real fast. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I had the mental picture. I started giggling when they're going through the story. Uh, and I laughed for the same reason I laughed back when we went through the illuminators house, because I'm picturing big ass loyal, trying to sneak around all these fireworks and like not touch anything. And it, that's just funny to me. Mm-hmm. Is there any thoughts about this scene before we kind of get into the action aspect of it? Well, no, I'm right there with you. I was, when it comes to the, the level of surprise must Matt must have had, but the, the coyness that he and both Tom had, to kind of sit back and watch and observe. And they're very smart to do that. And mm-hmm. the, I, I go back to Tom's reaction too, which is that was quick. What did she do? I wonder if that was a match that she lit. Oh yeah. That's, that's what I was going to say at the end. Definitely. Yeah. Matches. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we can continue. Well, if, if we size up Matt's character, um, I know that we're transitioning now. I'm already there. It's Matt was not even aware that he had stood up until one of the doubled ropes dangled from the ceiling was in his hands and he had launched himself out of the loft. Burn me for a bloody fool. So he's just, he's acting and he's even arguing with himself like, what are you getting yourself into? But did he, did he really have enough information to know he was defending a good person against bad people? I don't think it's that. I, I think it's simpler than that. I... I think he saw a fight that was not fair. Um, and I think no matter what the circumstances were, he, he would intervene because I mean, it, that was just going to turn into a bloodbath or murder of this one person. Um, and I've been in that scenario before. Well, a couple of times where, gosh, Alan, I think you were at one of them. This was a schoon tangs and there was a guy out back that was just getting, boot stomped and I didn't overhear any of the conversation leading up to it, but it turned into one guy that was pretty drunk, just got clocked by somebody else. And then everybody dogpiled on him. And it was like six guys just pounding on him. 
Uh, and so I didn't really know what was going on, but I jumped in immediately to like break it up and kind of stick up for this guy. And as we pull him away and he's able to talk a little bit, he's like, oh, thanks, man. Like trying to explain himself. And I'm like, eh, I'm not like on your side. Like you, you might've deserved that. I don't know what's going on here. I just, it's not fair for you to get boot stomped by six dudes like that. If it was a one-on-one, I'd have stood back and let him clock you, but it, it became very unfair. So. Uh, anyways, I, remember that. I think I, I think I remember. That. Didn't, didn't they break the uh, something? There's glass breaking too. Yeah, and I got blood all over my favorite shirt. It was not cool. Yeah, that was yeah, that yeah. was the same night. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, so anyways, that, that, that bar would get rough every once in a while. It was usually a really nice bar, but every once in a while there'd be a, a brawl. And, um, and it was college kids who were they were so funny. The locals <laughs> played with the college kids getting in trouble and all that false yeah. bravado and you looked, you looked so the, at my girl and she winked at you and now we must fight. I'm like, bro, I ain't got time for that. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Someone asked, someone's asking about schoon tanks. Uh, it's actually schooners bar and grill is the name of the restaurant. Oh, okay. call, yeah. yeah. yeah schooners. Uh, but we, 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 we lovely call it schoon tanks or our schoon, our schoon tank. Uh, our, yeah. Our, you know, there's lots of different yeah. uh, schoons. I don't know. Just uh, yeah. There's a yeah lot schoon, schoons as well. But yeah. Uh-huh. Anywho. Yeah, it's a it's just a local slang for it. It's Skinner's. Um, Matt's Matt's so anyways, reaction is just to intervene. He's like, "All right, this exactly. this ain't fair. This ain't right. I got I got to help it. Right. Help it out." Yep. And um, yeah, so and Matt goes down and lands down. Um, just, I think he doesn't he like right. He doesn't even grab his quarter staff at first, and you're like, "This is not a really good idea." And then Tom throws yeah. his quarter staff out. <laughs> um, what a good week! Watch from up here, have fun. <laughs> well, You're remember Tom, Tom's a little hobbled, so I guess he could throw knives from where he's at. But then you're then you're killing people if he just chucks the the quarter staff, you know. Um, and he thinks probably Matt can hold his own so long as he has his his sweet bow staff skills. Um, yeah, good, good wingman. I, I think Tom played that just right. This wasn't time to rip daggers. Yeah. I think we missed your last part you said. Uh, well, I mean, that was about it. I, I was giving props to Tom again, you know, sizing up the situation. Let, let's not kill some folks. We'll toss the bow staff and uh, let let Matt dice him up. Uh, and even so Matt, when he when he rolls down there, it's not like he incapacitated these guys. They're scrambling to get back up. They've still got their knives in their hands. He's rolled off to the side. He's not in good position. He has to catch the quarter staff. And still, he's able to fight these guys off without even getting a nick. I mean, it, it talks about how, like, initially, all he could really do was defend. But then after he got, you know, in the groove, he started landing body blows and headshots and took him out. I mean, it's freaking amazing. I love it. Yeah. How Matt got his groove back. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mac. There you go. <laughs> all right. Um, so, um, after Matt knocks everybody out... Uh, he turns and actually gets introduced to the woman as a Ludra. Um, and this is where you learn that she was from, that she used to be the, 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 I guess the chapter house. I don't know what they call them. The head of the chapter house. It's like the mistress. Um, yeah. Um, something like, yeah. The, the mistress of the, yeah, head mistress. exactly. And one thing I wanted to bring up as well that I, you know, if you guys remember back from Egwene's dreams, one of her dreams was Matt with fireworks. I know. So, I was yeah. with the woman with fireworks. Yep. So coming again anyway. Uh huh. So and and that's what and she gives Matt a ton of fireworks. Um, you know, I Matt offers her. 
fireworks are gonna become. Like, what is Matt? You just put a bunch. Never mind, we're not there yet. But anyway, we're getting there. Put a bundle of fireworks in Matt's hands. No, yeah, that's I mean, exactly, that's I'm the thinking only of... note I wrote in this chapter, Chris. I did question mark, explanation mark, <laughs> fireworks, Matt. WTF. Like, this, this cannot be good. Right. I'd like to think he's maturing and maybe find some stealthy way to use them to his advantage, but also this is Matt and he's got boom, boom sticks. He's going to make a show. It's going to be ridiculous. And she, she gives him a lot of fireworks. Like she explains all the different ones that he has. It's a, it's a large amount of fireworks he gets. Yeah. Um, and and she warns him not to cut one open. And Matt's like, I've already done that before. Been there, done that. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> they apparently the whole town yelled at him, and he got beat by every single person in the town. Mo is done. His dad, like his dad's dad, <laughs> just. <laughs> but yeah, so um, and after she describes yeah. it, like he seems a little disappointed. Matt's like, Oh, come on, woman, you got no lady fingers. Fuzz bottles, snicker bombs, church burners, finger blasters, gut busters, zippity doo dahs, or crap flappers. <laughs> he went all Joe uh, Dirt on her. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, what do you think is going to happen with this? Any predictions? Any any idea um, on what Matt's going to do? Just is nobody going to mention that in Joe Dirt's line about the fireworks? He he lists finger blasters. Am I the only I one who caught that? I thought I thought thought you just snuck that in. I I did not make that that up. That is a quote from the movie. So was that a nod to Jordan? Was I don't think finger blasting is actually a thing with Jordan. I think I don't know. Oh well, (laughs) tells you where my mind is. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's mentioned anywhere in the books. I've pictured anyway, a lot of people uh, are alive so to listen. What do you think, yeah. you think about our podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I even probably call you personally. Mm. Did you not allow them to speak so much? Yeah. <laughs> if, if it's in my mind, so, it, it comes out of my mouth, and you guys, you just get to deal with it. So, yeah. Any questions, Angela, that you got for these guys or anything? Um. Oh, you're putting me on the spot, you know. Make uh, me I think <laughs> that's not fair. Okay. No, uh, but but you... I, but I have to say about this part of the chapter. Once again, we see Matt's thoughts and his action clash. They're mm-hmm. polar opposite. It's just his body is acting while he's thinking about, well, no, this is stupid. Why am I doing this? And he's already in the in the fight. And I love that about Matt. In this in this chapter, mm-hmm. only one good, yeah. pretty good point. And, and I, here, I here, here you start to see who Matt is, you know, after the dagger thing and everything, without you know all the emo. Yeah, <laughs> right. That, when that instinct well, kicks it, in, it also makes me wonder whether or not this is a little bit of his instinct coming into play from like prior lifetime. Hmm? You know what I mean? Or is like, it or is it dagger Matt? Or or do you mean like yeah. when you say prior life, are we talking like thousands of years ago influence like exactly. speaking in a tongue and um, oh, yeah. oh yeah 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 you thought about I thought I thought NSYNC so you know the band 
Yeah. yeah. Maybe <laughs> bye, bye, bye. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Now I got it. <laughs> but no, I, I just really, I was like, so is this, you know, is it really him acting? Because this is almost reflexive. So is this his reflex? Or is this coming from, like, his past self coming through him, like, in some sort of way? I, you know, as I say this sometimes, it seems goofy. Like, are we really taking ourselves along this path and going to continue, like, past life, keep coming out of everybody? Um, but, or is this just the fact that he's a Tavirin and he has just these influences of the weave and, you know, he needs those fireworks for something down the road. So this is what has to happen based on his weave of the wheel, you know? So my my one take on it is Matt always reminds me. We always said Matt reminds me of Ian. Matt reminds you of college Ian. And <laughs> college Ian, th- th- there is nothing. doesn't matter if it's or not. That would make, that seemed like a good idea to give Ian a sack full <laughs> of fireworks. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> this is like, true. I mean, yes, it, it'd be fun, but you might burn down your house. Yeah. House like house walls don't matter for college Ian. Um, yeah. when it comes to lighting fireworks, it does, you don't have to be outside. No, it can be in the middle of the living room. Like let's just light fireworks right now. <laughs> yeah. And let me tell you, you don't notice it when you light these big mortars off outside, but there's a lot of smoke. So when you do it indoors, yeah, you get the flash, but then there's so much smoke. The fire alarm will go off for about 30 minutes at least while you try yeah. to get everything out the windows and make sure so make, make sure that, that you know that's for certain. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Know <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the, the really big mortars, like the ones that you shoot up in the air that they use professionally that make big, big fireworks. Yeah. yeah. If you throw one of those in your living room and light it off. Um, <laughs> Here's the thing. It's not really my fault because the other guy that lived in the house, he knew I just got back from Pennsylvania and I had a bunch of fireworks. We were going to go light them off in the sunken gardens and like, try to be semi-responsible as we do an illegal thing. Um, but then he was like, all right, yeah, that's cool. I don't think I'll make it because I got this girl coming over, so I'll be up in my room. Don't disturb me. And c- come on, what am I supposed to do oh, yeah. other, other <laughs> than open the door, throw a mortar in there, close the door? <laughs> I mean, I threw it to the opposite side of the room where they were, um, and I yelled so frack out, so they should have known to you know, duck and cover. Um, yelled grenade right so, so it wasn't your fault, fault at all you yeah know, i mean it's, for, it, it's because of people like you that fireworks are outlawed in sweden at this point yeah and it's true they just changed the law so it's only you can only buy fireworks as a private citizen uh, and you can fire it off you know from about one to two hours before midnight at new year's eve and that yeah all, yep. all other times is illegal yeah, that it's probably yeah. That is it's fault. your fault. I blame it all on you. Well, here, here, here in Virginia and most parts of Virginia, it's illegal. They're illegal as well. In the um, area, it's actually illegal. Yeah, but but different. The thing about the United States is that different states have different laws, and yeah, we can just drive to another state and buy all the stuff and bring it back. <laughs> yeah, just gotta try not to get. <laughs> no one stops you. What makes it better so, is that house. It's now on. It was bought by the college. It's now on the historic registry. It was built in the early 1900s by a former governor of Virginia. Um, so very mm-hmm. old historic house, and I'm just chucking hand grenades in there. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Whoops. Oh. That's one does. Yeah. 
Welcome to the Wheel of the Reeds. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so I got excited when Matt wrote yeah. off with a, a bag of fireworks. Like, that's that's wonderful. Yeah. That is yeah. going to yeah. end well. Yes. I predict. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Right. Mark that so, down as um, a prediction. That will end well. That will end well. <laughs> we'll revisit that sometime soon. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, and we end the chapter with, you know, uh, Aludra doing her little, uh, trick, uh, or Tom asking about the trick and she said, oh, I won't tell you that secret, but I call them sticks and they're going to make me a fortune. Um, and, uh, they separate, go separate ways. Um, of course, Matt and Tom's still heading towards Camelin and she wants to go head towards Lugard. And that's kind of the end of this chapter. I think that was the part that upset me the most though. It is. Enjoying their little merry band. And travel with them for a little bit. I had this expectation. I know it's unrealistic, but I was like, huh, they made a new friend. Maybe they'll travel together. Maybe she'll teach Matt and Tom a little bit about uh, gunpowder. And, you know, maybe they'll be happy together. No, she's like, all right. It's possible they still run into each other. Like, maybe they end up going to Camelin. Because she wasn't very certain on where she was going. Wasn't Camelin on one of her possible list of places? Well, she said that's where they think that she'll go, so that's where she's not going to go. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but either way, they, he got a bundle of fireworks from her. So this is still a good. <laughs> this is a great quest. <laughs> I mean, all <laughs> he had to do was take out a handful of quests, and he gets rewarded with fireworks. I didn't see this coming. I think it's still a bonus. Yes. <laughs> Uh, the, the end of the quest rewards were, were definitely fun. Um, were, we're good ones. Um, you know. I thought that last little a- interaction, though, again, back to Matt's character, he sizes her up, saw what she was eating earlier, and he tries <laughs> to give her money. And from the way I read it, they they between her and Tom, they have a little back and forth about Matt being He's young, really, uh, and, and he just lowers his hand, but it doesn't say that he gave her the money or that she took it. So did she ride off without taking the money and if so like oh, is it because she's just that confident she can make money as she needs it like i'd have took the money shit i, I like money <laughs> never know when you <laughs> take the money and run yeah it was yeah. that that exchange was interesting because it was like does she say that because i don't know that like i this is you can hear my like my moment right now where I'm still trying to think through why was that moment? Why did it even happen? Like he's still young, isn't he? Yep. Like what does that mean? Like only the young will just freely give away their money, or does he not actually understand what it is that I have here? Or that like, you know, is he so naive and so young that he's just free willy-nilly with his money and giving it away and the old people won't do that? Like what? What was the purpose behind that statement? Or is it I saw the confusion in that? So he's still young because he still doesn't get himself. Like here he is being a hard ass, and then he offers me money. Aw, cute. I mean, another possibility is remember her back and forth with Matt and with Tom. Even though she was a little harsh with them, it was kind of in a friendly, flirtatious way. And I get the feeling that when she was younger, she was probably smoking hot. 
uh, and at her age is probably still pretty attractive. So maybe she was debating on going full cougar on him, but she was like, ah, nah, he is kind of young. And Tom's like, yeah, a bit young lady. It's, come on. <laughs> but I'm not young if you wanted to, uh, you know, share your head. Good old Tom. I, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Uh, so, um, anything else in this chapter? Anything else we got? I think we covered most of it. Yeah, I'm okay. good. So you're going right. to stand there be, being a maker and of fireworks back. and telling me you don't have no whistling bungholes, no spleen splitters, whisker biscuits, honky lighter, <laughs> hoosker doos, hoosker don'ts, cherry bombs, nipsy dazers, with or without the scooter stick, or one single whistling kitty chaser? I should have added that line too. Sure, yeah. sure. on the cake. Yep. Here's your sprinkles. <laughs> so moving on to chapter 41, a hunter's oath. Um, and I didn't mention it last time. I know we, do we have to keep doing the chapter icons? I mean, they, they half the time they don't even have to really do it. Yeah. The actual chapter. Nah. I, last time it was, uh, it was the white line of Andor. Now it's the, it's the it's wolf. A, it's a Jack Russell terrier. Yeah. Jack Russell. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Very scary. Scary. Jack Same Russell. attitude. Very confident. Yeah. Yeah. So for everyone listening live and for everyone that's listening um, next week, whenever we release this, um, my son has woken up. So um, where I record is right next to the playroom. So if you hear squeaky toys or our, our Paw Patrol or anything like that in the background, you know what? Just deal with it. <laughs> I gotta also do this. Shout out to Abby Cakes for getting into the school that she wants to get into. Oh, yay. Yeah, I don't know if she's actually a patron or not, but I think everybody gets a chance to listen today. I don't know if she's listening, but if she is, congratulations. I know that's a big deal getting into the college you want to get into. So congratulations, Abby. I know you worked hard for it. Fantastic. That's awesome. High five. Yeah. yeah. Always, always great. So, yeah, um, I, I, I wouldn't know. I, I got into, I, I got denied from motor school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I got deferred from the school I wanted to go to. Yeah. Well, no, I actually, I, I, I didn't, I, I didn't actually, actually, I got into everywhere I applied, but, but I didn't set the bar very high. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I applied for. So. Did you, did you apply um, for the school that they had in the movie Accepted? I want to go to that uh, school. No. <laughs> that I don't know. School, I don't know what school it is. No, I mean like Harvard, Yale. They also know. Uh, so i i don't know if i said this on a recording but i did in one of our chats i actually never applied to any schools uh i in my way into all of them um i had a a family member that got me uh into stanford uh and and that one was with a, a free ride but that's california so meh and then I got in the citadel i don't know if you remember alan but there was someone mm-hmm. on our debate team and her father was a recruiter for the Citadel. Yep. And uh, so he filled out the application for me and I got in there. And then I was, I decided I wasn't going to go to school. Like I was very bitter about life. I had things going on and then some people mm-hmm. talked me into it. So I made an appointment with the Dean of admissions at William and Mary. And I just walked yep. in there and I was like, look, here's the thing. Uh, I did really good in high school. I wasn't going to go to college. I know the application deadline was like a month ago. 
but people in my life talked me into it. And I figure if I'm going to go to school, like I want to go to a really good school like this, not some crappy school like, and then I listed one of the local B schools and she died laughing and she was like, okay, I need you to get me this paperwork and then I'll let you know. And, you know, a couple days later I got accepted and away me married. Huh. Yeah. I didn't I t- actually apply to the school I went to either. So I'm right there with yeah. you. <laughs> I, I, I took in that shit. It was awesome. I think it, the school I ended up graduating from, I transferred to, but um, so I don't think I actually, and I don't think I actually applied when I transferred. But the school I originally went to my freshman year that I dropped out of after one year, <laughs> I definitely applied for. But, yeah, um, was not ready for college. I should have took it. I should have took a gap year. Um, yeah, I should have as well. I don't think I'm still ready for college. I'm glad I'm I right? out of college. <laughs> I've got it's a miracle. I graduated. I I don't, yeah, I don't know I, how I graduated. I have my degree. I, I, I graduated, and I don't, I, I don't know how. <laughs> and I will not go back. Oh, no, it's, it's like, like uh, now, now you're talking to a white trash guy who didn't go to college <laughs> at all. I've been working since 18. No, no, no. I still don't have any good. money. Nah, no, no, it's not good. That's, that's fine. Um, I, there's a lot of people that, that, that do it a lot better than, than going to colleges. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, like I said, I, I barely graduated from mine, but yeah, you did it. We did it, yeah. Mm. For what it's worth, <laughs> <laughs> it's a. Uh, yeah, I, I think I spent most of my college career in academic probation. Oh. <laughs> I stayed just above that. I was just above that. Oh no, I was threatened to get out all the time. Like it was every other semester, I'd have a good semester just to kind of bring my GPA just enough, and then I'd crash and then be put back on probation. And like, <laughs> I was like, "All right, I'll work hard again this semester." <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. So, um, Hunter's oath. <laughs> so, let's get right into this chapter. How long the um, chapters going to be? We can talk about everything else. We'll still get through everything. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> snitches get stitches. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's not a long chapter, but we get we get back to our some of our favorite friends. Um, these two chapters both have a similar theme: we're leaving the boats and entering new cities. Um, so I, I love the description of Ilion when we get here. So that's the, how it starts as they're sailing into Ilion, which is one of the major giant cities. So I mean, of course, whenever they get to a big city, they they describe it. You know, sometimes in a grandiose way. This not as much. Um, you know, Camelon they definitely did. Tarvalin Tarvalin did. Even Faldara, which is not a major city, but it's a larger fort. You know, they explained how it was built for war um, up in the borderlands. Um, but this definitely is built for trade. Um, at least that's the idea that I get. You know, there's there's canals everywhere, um, and then there's tanneries. So obviously, um, uh, furs and leatherworking is the big industry in Ilya. Yeah. And so as we're pulling up, we get another example of where it's almost like Moraine goes out of her way to withhold important information. If she would have just told Perrin this, it would have made it easier. But that Moraine, be fair to Moraine. Well, M- Moraine did not tell Perrin what the word was. Do you, do you know what the word is, Alan? The bird? Oh. Bird is the word. Bird, 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 bird is the word. Parents obsessing over all of the birds. What the hell? I didn't know what to make of this. Like, do I need to write this down and take notes? Are these birds fucking important? I don't know. Parents obsessing. 
Well, he has the falcon and the hawk, so now he's just obsessed with birds. Yeah, every bird he sees, he's like, what, shit, that one too? Is it a that falcon, hawk, and a, a pelican? Like, what What do I do? I don't know. It's terrifying. <laughs> Thanks, Moraine. Uh, yep. So we definitely need to get a long description of a pelican. Um, I think he calls it something, or he doesn't name it. He has no idea what it is. Never seen a bird like it before. Right. Which I guess if you grow up not near the ocean and you see a pelican for the first time, it's a pretty weird looking bird. <laughs> yeah. And and the way they oh. eat, you know, sometimes they'll, <clears throat> if, if the water's more flat and it's a smaller group of fish, they'll kind of skim the water, scoop it up and go. But then they do their dive bombing also. <laughs> and yeah, it's not graceful. <laughs> not at all. It, it looks like they die midair and just flop on the water, but then they come up and shake their head and you're like, oh, they, they got 200 small fish. Interesting. I mean, there's nothing graceful about a pelican diving. Um, I'm sure there is, but when you're watching, like at least growing up here, the pelicans here, like those fly, and then it looks like they just died in midair, like literally just right. And they spiral down sometimes. It's not even a streak, and like just fell out of the water. Like like, it's like stop flying, like fall straight down into the water. Like is that bird okay? Comes up eating. Like say, all right, I guess. I guess he meant to do that. It's it's working. (laughs) So. So yeah, pelicans. Um, maybe there's a breed of pelican in a different different part of the world that actually does a nice, graceful skimming. But around here, no, they, no. they're just dumb. They belly flop. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun to watch them, though. It's hilarious. But uh, <clears throat> well, after so, he stops obsessing over the birds, um, we have we're, we're in Perrin's mind a little bit, and we get caught up on how much Moraine knows about uh, our new traveler and. Well, she didn't seem too upset when she found out that she knew Moraine was Aes Sedai, but she did kind of call me a fool and blah, 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 blah. So we get a quick recap of what Moraine has discovered about our new Falcon friend. Mm-hmm. Just just through parents' perspective. Sure. She's very accepting of her, which makes leads me to some suspicion that there's more that she knows about this girl than the rest of us do. Yeah, but I think we find mm-hmm. out at the very end of this chapter. Cause, so I was questioning it also. I'm like, why is this suddenly cool? Now we're going back to the very beginning of Eye of the World where more and more people kept getting added onto the list of people coming and Moraine just kept going, well, I guess that's how shit's going to be. Just we got more people coming now, Lan. And Lan's like, ah, oh, Moraine, why? And he's like, well, it's just way, this is it. The wheel weaves, right? Yeah. But when you fast forward to the end of this, and because you raised the question, she talks about men's viewing. Mm-hmm. And... If at any point in this person being described in a Moraine, she hears anything about the Falcon, then it's probably clicking, okay, this is this is the pattern telling me something. Uh, she's got to come along. So I, I think Moraine played towards the end like she didn't want her to come, but Moraine knew she had to come. She was setting the stage for it so that she's still, you know, the head honcho in charge. But if Moraine did yeah. not want her to come, she would not have come along. So it's anyways, that's my thought process. Yeah. And and you get that, uh, that parent and Faila definitely be getting along with all these shouting matches that they've been having. And, uh, (laughs) (laughs) it's like they're meant for each other. It's that immature third grade crap. I like you punches her on the shoulder. She makes fun of him like wildly inappropriate by today's standards, but that's just, yeah. Their little playful arguing banter, I guess. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you guys think about all of it? Hmm. 
about this whole entire scene also with just her and her talking to Moraine when she comes on deck. I guess Moraine calls her uh, Zareen and she's like, no, I'm Fayil. <laughs> Get it right. <laughs> All right. When we when we flash back to Perrin talking to Moraine about her and, you know, what would you think about a girl named whatever? And Moraine gives the, well, this is, you know, someone kind of highborn. And if mm-hmm. if you were to name your daughter that, you'd anticip- anticipate her being like very beautiful or whatever else. Mm-hmm. So, right. I, you know, I'm trying to read between the lines on who she actually is. And she's not just Joe Blow girl off the street. Um, to have this amount of confidence... Well, one, to be able to recognize an Aes Sedai, you know, we've noticed a lot of people in this world as we've been traveling until Moraine reveals it, they don't know. So mm-hmm. for her to be able to look at her and be like, yep, Aes Sedai, okay, clearly that's a warder, you know, looks at loyal, be like, cool, no gear. Like she's, she's smart. She's educated, like worldly. Uh, but she also has a lot of confidence because she has no problem. Well, I won't say she has no problem, but she makes it a point to stand up to Moraine. And nobody does that to Aes Sedai. Right. Um, or very few people do. So she's somebody from somewhere that's somehow yeah. important. <laughs> well, she did, she's, yeah. Mm, you have just as many questions, Mark, so let's just start with. Yeah. yeah. And there's also the whole thing where she kind of lets slip that very loudly that Moraine's an Aes Sedai to the whole crew. So the whole crew knows. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very awkward moment. Like, it was during one of their shards. Sharding matches. <laughs> yeah. Shouting matches. <laughs> They're shouting wow. shit at each other. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, one of the shouting, I've, I think I've been to the wine just a little bit too much. Today yeah, I, I've, I've, I've never good. had one of those. Um, you know, um, <laughs> well, no. maybe, maybe, maybe in, in high school. Uh, <laughs> My boys have had farting competitions that oh, yeah. turned into that because they really wanted a win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it, it i mean all, all i all i picture is when uh is ian Owens lighting uh my my parents couch on fire in high school um when he tried <laughs> to light a fart and it just and it it like literally a fireball came out like, yeah like a, oh, i think no. your shorts actually caught on fire yeah that, that's what made it worse i was wearing nylon gym shorts and those things are <laughs> they are flammable guys I did not, I didn't read the, who reads the label on their gym shorts? Like keep away from open flame. I did not know that. Um, so, yeah. So Welcome there's that. The <laughs> so, <laughs> so Chris, this shouting match, she screams that Moraine is an Aes Sedai. And that, I don't yeah. feel like that was an accidental, I'm angry, so I'm letting it slip. I, I feel like that's a little power play to kind of show, be like, hey. Uh, I know some stuff about you guys, and you either accept me coming along, uh, give me some status equal to the other people in this group, or I know some secrets. I can tell people. I can make this hard on you. I, I mean, I, I think she's making a play that? to get in the group. You really think that? I mean, I, I was like, uh, I was kind of beside myself in the sense that is she really that manipulative? I, I, I have hope that she's not one of those. But you just never know. So you might be right. I mean, maybe not manipulative in a negative way. I just, I, I don't want to assume that anybody we run into is uh, stupid or just accidentally here. And I know we have the whole Taviran thing, which might pull people in a certain direction or, you know, pull them closer to these guys. But um, I'm also a big fan of free will. 
and all that jazz. So if, if I assume free will and I assume she's smart, um, then yeah, some of it had to be intentional. She had to be making a play there. That's not necessarily a negative thing. Okay. Yeah. And I love Loyal in this whole situation. He's just hiding. To be fair, I asked him if he wanted to come by for this recording and he just kind of shrugged and went, mm, and went back to his notes. Uh, Cause he said like, there really wasn't anything exciting. Like pe- people kept talking and jabbering up on deck, but he just, he stayed away from it. And, Why yeah. does everybody just scream at each other? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Someone, yeah. someone yells at at the at Moraine, and you just you, you could picture a loyal going, "Oh no, that you shouldn't it, do that." Yeah, <laughs> a, any sane person would, you know. Right. Don't scream at an ice die. That's a bad I wouldn't. Move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and even when they get to the dock, like you know, they're they're I guess. Uh, they're at the docks and, and Loyal just comes running, like hurrying off the ship, like get his coat and everything. It's like, I'm out of here. Like, yeah. Well, and he, he still had his nose in his books and in his notes up until the last second. Like he really didn't right. care about any of these other exchanges. He's just ready to move on with the adventure. Yeah. He was catching what up on writing. Searching for them in those books. Is it, was it his notes or his book, like notes on the adventure or I guess it was books on the adventure. He's writing his yeah. own novel. He's, he's, yeah, he's writing his own book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Perrin, Perrin assumed it was his notes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His notes, Perrin thought. One of these days, I have to see what he's saying about all of this. Yeah. 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 And then they get there, and they're like, all right, well, I guess it's time for you to leave. Hi, and she's like, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> what made you think that craziness? And uh, <laughs> let me let me find it. Uh, what did she say? Do, 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 do. You will find better hunting elsewhere and safer. And she replies, I think not, Zareen said just as firmly. A hunter must follow the trail she sees, and no hunter would ignore the trail you four leave. And I am Fael. She spoiled it a bit by swallowing, but she did not blink as she met Moraine's eyes. So, again, that's that's where she's kind of putting out to Moraine, be like... uh, I know y'all are trying to be slick and travel all clandestine here, but I mean, I'm looking at you guys and there's, there's no freaking way I'm not going to follow this. This is not just a, a band of happy friends traveling. Something's going on here. I want to be a part of it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And she even stares down um, Moraine and Lan and like, you can't do nothing about it. I know, I, I know enough about Aes Sedai. I know your code and your, she was smart yeah, to, like, to correct herself, though. She corrected herself, and it was like, well, it's not that you can't. It's that you won't. Yeah. So, like, recognizing, okay, you could finger blast me here, but I don't think you will. <laughs> Certainly not in front of all these people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, technically, well, she could just than... say... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say, technically, she could just say, Lan, put her in, put her in the river. And right. she wouldn't be violating any oath. Yeah, right. and, as you and say, Land would not hesitate. Do, no, but as you say, probably wouldn't do it in front of other people. Sure, mm-hmm. they're trying to avoid the tension. They don't want people talking. Yeah, about as I say, they don't want it's, they don't want any unwarranted attention yeah. on the party and tossing her aside. Even letting her be with the knowledge that she does have is dangerous. So I think. 
allowing her to come was a power play on Moraine and then putting um, Perrin in charge of her means that she's kind of got a babysitter. <laughs> uh, that goes down we'll get, well. We'll get there. <laughs> I think I think Moraine put Perrin in charge of her just as like a an F you to both of them for like get, for causing yes. her a headache. Be like, y'all want to mess with me? I'm a mess with you too. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, this is the whole scene now where Moraine forces her says, "Fine, you can come with us, but you have to take an oath." They said the hunter's oath saying that, you know, on, on your hunter's oath that you will listen to everything we say, do not, and, you know. No asking questions. Yeah, no asking questions. You're part of us. But at the end of the day, like, when I thought about it, I did think the snitches get stitches is definitely a good way of putting it. The other thought is, is, like, she's so accepting to, she's so desperate for the horn and the hunt. I want to know why. Like she just blindly took an oath to listen and do as she was told. These people don't have your best interests at heart. So why is it that you're so desperate to get your hands on the horn? What's going on in your hometown or what's going on with your, like that makes me think again, maybe she is some type of royalty and she's got a whole country to save and she needs the horn to bring about the, past warriors to help out her people. I mean, yeah. Maybe yeah. they're being attacked by Shanshan. Or, or is there some, because of where she's from, is there some slice of the prophecy that we don't know about that she does? And she has some special role to play. Again, it says where she's from, right? Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, but yeah. Right. Maybe there's some extra part of the prophecy. Okay. That, may, yeah. that maybe they held on to in that local history that she knows about and our party doesn't yet. Yeah. Who knows? She could just be a thrill seeker. I mean, there's people like that. They're like, oh, sweet, a mountain climb. I'm game. You know? Yeah. Let's, let's do it. And I don't know about you, but at least when I read this, I, I thought that, you know, Moraine was going to, that, that I guess Moraine thought that there's no way she's actually going to accept. Like, or at least think about it because Moraine puts pretty harsh terms. Like, I have to do all this or, you know, and she's like, okay, fine. That's so sad. Why she's so desperate. That's, that's the signs of a desperate person to take all of that without even asking any real questions. No questions as well. That's a hard yeah. one. Well, so Moraine kind of, you know, painted her in a corner there. Um, by the end of this, she didn't have a good option B. Like she either took this oath or, Rain says, all of this you will swear, or you will remain here in Ilian, and you will not leave this marsh until I return to release you if it takes the rest of your life. That I swear. Right. So at, at this point, it's take the oath and come with us and keep your mouth shut, or I'm going to take some measures to ensure you stay here. You don't follow mm -hmm. us. You don't continue your journey to hunt for the horn. You don't nothing until I come back and release you. Yep. So at that point, I think it was an easier choice for sure. Zareen. And there's also one other factor in all this, too. Baron and men. Well, men. I mean, not, not men, but definitely definitely Perrin. He's uh, that T word. Turin. Loyal, do you at least want to do this one? Yeah, no, he's getting up. I knew he would. He knew the spark was coming. Hey, um, 
what what is that thing we call Perrin? You know, our, our Falcon girl finds out from the min. Oh, oh, you mean <clears throat> you mean Tavirin? Yes, loyal. Yep. Now go back. Go back to your notes. <laughs> yep. He was excited yes. about that. You have no idea. Yeah, the, the Tavirin. Um, but yes, I mean, I mean, Perrin is a Tavirin. Um, so but the pattern bends bends itself around Perrin, and people change their mind. I mean, so you're talking about like what makes Fayil so desperate. I mean, she is standing next to Tavirin. So yeah, but, yeah. I, I still don't accept that, but we'll <laughs> go with it. I don't accept that at all. Yeah, <laughs> but I love I love this next I guess interaction because then Moraine turns to Perrin and says, "Looks like we found your Falcon." And Perrin's like muttering, "Like she's not my Falcon." And they actually mentioned Tavirin, and that's when I, I love that too. And Fayil's just like, like "Yeah, Tavirin." <laughs> Well, and she knows the word Tavir. Like, is it? I I don't know. Is it really a common word for everybody to know? I think Tavir talked about in old stories. I mean, so like, I mean, so I, I don't know. Everybody if they, would know the word if they heard it. I I think most people would. Maybe not backwoods two rivers folk, but anyone else would. And okay. even though she responded with a question mark, like you you are Tavirin. Like she still wasn't totally taken back and surprised by it. Like it wasn't shocking to her. She just looked him up and down. She's like, well, perhaps like, so she has some knowledge of everything that's going on beyond what most people do. You know, like, I, I just feel like that would be surprising. Even if you knew what a Tavirin was to realize you've, you've run into one with an Aes Sedai, a warder and a no gear traveling along. Like, I, I think the average person would have a more like, what the fuck am I getting into kind of response. And she just kind of shrugged her shoulders and accepted it like, yeah, maybe. Okay, cool. And then, of course, Moraine turns and says, all right, Perrin, she's your responsibility. And Perrin's like, what? <laughs> mom. <laughs> <laughs> but mom. <laughs> Ma'am. Yeah. Um and uh, yeah, parents like I didn't even want her to come. Like, why is she my responsibility? Um, and Marie doesn't doesn't even, just didn't pay attention at that point. Um, and of course, Fayil immediately turns and goes, "Who's men? <laughs> <laughs> Women? Jeez, mm-hmm. uh, can't live with them." And that's the end of my statement. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, all of our female listeners. And, and I guess yeah. The, the last inner interchange, I guess, is when you know Perry calls her Zarina again. She's like, "Well, if I'm going to come here, you know, quit calling me that. Call me Fayel." And he goes, "Well, then quit calling me blacksmith or you know something like along those lines." And and or, she's like, the other way around. Yeah, and she's like, "All right, Shaggy." Yeah, all right, Shaggy here. <laughs> what do you guys think about Fayel? She's feisty. In a good way. I like her. I think she's a good plus up to our group here. And hopefully the barriers get broken down between her and Perrin. Perrin definitely needs somebody uh, that he can trust and communicate with, like, with the stuff he's going through. And I thought that would be men for a little bit, because they they were starting to form that bond. But now she's out of their storyline, at least for a little while. So Mm -hmm. hopefully she turns into a good companion for him. Okay. I say, where is Men? Men just disappeared off the face of the earth. Men was sent back to Tarvalon um, in the very beginning of this book. Remember, yeah. after the attack on the camp, Moraine sent her 
to Tovarlan while they went to go chase after. Yeah, she was supposed to fill in the Amerlin mm-hmm. about what's going on. Yeah, but she never got there. Not yet. It's a long. It's a long trip for all the way from the Misty Mountains to, to Tovarlan. And she was uh, traveling uh, solo. The right? mountains of mist. <laughs> yeah, I think she was by herself too. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Greatest adventure. I, I must confess, I almost did a spit take when you said Perry needs someone to communicate with. Yeah. <laughs> because communication in the wheel of time. Mm, yeah. yeah. Nah. Nah. Right. We don't do that. Come on. The, the few times it's happened between folks, like Chris and I have both kind of celebrated it because you're right. It doesn't happen often. Uh, we just had one recently where Perrin just finally goes to Moraine and just dumps all this info that he's been thinking about. And we're like, finally, someone just, but even in that, he talks about stuff that he held back and didn't tell her. And I'm like, just, God, just everything, just put it on the table. Let's talk. <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah. funny. So um, any thoughts from this? I mean, that's how I get wrap this chapter. So any final thoughts, anything from you, Andrew, anything? questions i mean this is a short chapter but yeah no uh my brain is not working today as usual so you're in uh, in good company you're in good company (laughs) you feel me anything for you guys anything you guys can think of anything we missed i mean this is a it's all one scene pretty much this chapter yeah Yeah, it's pretty quick but it was good yeah the whole (laughs) <laughs> I got one there whole uh, and that was a good one too I've heard that before I've heard that before that's a very good one well you know one thing we always do is your favorite character from these chapters um, so because we switched point of views we got a lot we got Tom we got Matt we got Aludra the Illuminator uh, Fayil Perrin Lan Moraine Loyal like what I said, my first from the first chapter, I have to give it to Matt just because of his charity. Like he helps out a family in need, so okay. And, and he saved oh. a damsel in distress, if you want to call her that. Okay, so I'm gonna give him that from that chapter, and then from this chapter, what's our new girl's name again? The Falcon. Fail. Which Fail is that the name we're gonna go by? I give it okay. to Fael because she stared down a warder and she stared down Miss Isodai herself. So she's got you know some swing in between those you know split dress there. Yeah, personally, personally, I love Fael. I'll tell you that the Willow Town community also loves Fael. <laughs> oh. I feel like he's messing with us in a couple chapters. Really We're going to be like, dang it. <laughs> She's she's not cool. Not cool. You didn't hear Andrew laughing in the background there? No, no, no. Yeah, I no, I'm, no. I, I was reading something in the chat. <clears throat> oh, okay. gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. You're ca- yeah. catching up on your uh, far side comics there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Came, came across a good one. <laughs> so I'm going to stick with just one overall, uh, and I'm going to give it to Matt as well. Uh, just reading the chapter title, A Hero in the Night, and then you see that you're getting a Matt chapter. I'm immediately thinking, okay, what hero do they run into? Not that Matt would be the hero. And so when it was Matt, like on multiple occasions, Matt kind of played the role of hero, you know, helping out the the woman and her children and, you know, at the end, helping out our Illuminator and 
I don't know. He just impressed me in a very good way. I had those good vibes about Matt, but to see it like his instinct take over like that and wanting to help folks that were in need. It gave Ian a little bit of hope for himself. I know it did. (laughs) It's like, maybe I'm not a total shitbag after all. Hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to. We all know it's not true. I'm, I'm going to tag on to to that because I also choose this map because yeah, hey, I think it's here you start to see who is without the dagger, and I like it. Yeah, <laughs> kind yeah. of coming out into his own. I hope. Yeah, I still yeah. feel like the dagger is going to come back to haunt him. So keep that in the prediction bucket because okay. I feel yeah, like yeah. that dagger, that life. They were not done had, with the dagger yet. They were not done with the dagger. The dagger's going to make its way out of the box and back to Matt, and Matt's going to become a whole other person. Yeah. yeah. I wrote a, I wrote a song called Dagger Matt just a, a week ago. Yeah. Okay. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I think you can you can listen to it now. Yeah. yeah okay. Now, okay. Now, thank you. Yeah. I think it's spoiler-free at this no point. Spoiler. Well, Alan, yeah. if you get a hold of it and send it our way. I would definitely love to hear some of Andrew's I'll, stuff. I'll find it. I'll find yeah. it and send it. Perfect. He has, he has a lot of good stuff. He has one for Pater, too. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, Shadow, Shadow Pals, it's called. Shadow Pals, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, it, 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 it's not... Leaf, right? Yeah, because you yeah. don't... You you want something, you know, nor, that attract people to the shadow. And it mm-hmm. sounds, right. you know... It sounds just sound, you know, snappier. A little softer. Yeah, the it, dark it, feels, it feels like Shadow home. Pals. It feels like home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like it. Sign me up. You know what? Sign me up. Send me the t-shirt. Yeah. That's that's how it all starts. The t-shirt. <laughs> um, Team Pater right. t-shirts. Um, so yeah. Um, next week, um, we'll be doing, I think, two chapters again. 42 and 43, <gasps> which we're back to a 42 chapter, which has, I think, everyone's favorite uh, chapter title, Easing the Badger. Um, yes, I saw that. I was <laughs> like, oh, 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 oh. Giddy up. Uh, and, then, and then Shadow Brothers is the other one, but yeah, mm-hmm. Easing the Badger. Um, Easing the Badger. I mean, this could be this could be our fireworks chapter. I mean, you just you I never know. know. <laughs> it could it could get real wild real fast. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, and then Shadow Brothers is the other one. So that's a looks like a fun chapter as well. Shadow can I so, can I say real quick? Like you know how we were talking about Post Dagger Matt was kind of surprising us and how he sized up every situation he was in he would look around and be like okay this is the scenario this is what i have to work with blah 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 blah. you do know now chris that every time they run into any sort of obstacle moving forward on his list of things he could do is blow that shit up with fireworks so like that's that's a possible solution for everything they run into moving forward until he uses those things so i'm <laughs> super excited it'd almost be awesome if right off the bat he's like and they went down the street and they were surrounded. And Matt goes, "Fireworks, baby! Fireworks. Boom!" Uh, <laughs> like I would, I would love it. Yeah. Uh, so you think he's going to use them as like frags and just like frag out and just like you know throw fireworks at people? It's so many, so much possibility. It could make a good diversion. Yeah. It could. I mean, okay. she mentioned with all of them together, you could take down a house. I mean, mm-hmm. that stood out to me. That's there's a lot I of thought op- maybe a lot we should options. take down a castle. Ooh. Mm. Interesting. Maybe we find that Queen Morghese has been imprisoned and they have to go break her free and Tom reunites Mm. his love spark with her and they use the fireworks as a diversion and blah, 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 blah. Who knows? 
crazier things have happened in these books. Yeah. Someone just wrote in chat. Uh, Delusion, Delusion's right in chat. Matt's theme song is Firework by Katy Perry. Yes. <laughs> I could just see him singing it as he rides away in the rain. So you think on the TV show they're going to do that? Like have a, you know, they're going to mix in the, the, the... They better. <laughs> if they're listening, That that's, yeah, you would get high marks from well, they, us. They, they told us they'd listen to us. I don't know if yeah. they actually do, but <laughs> yeah. Was, um, so Angela, we've had a couple of predictions for the, for the TV show as well on here that um, one of my favorite ones is that it's actually just going to be a sitcom version. So everything's mm-hmm. going to be with laugh tracks and a live audience. And well, then we have, you know, I, I like this, the scene here where when Ogie, you know, loyal, because he's, he's, kind of get that you know sitcom friend character kramer thing because he's yeah. he's just a little you know outside of society mm-hmm. and yeah. i always yeah. like his yeah, <laughs> oh i better keep away but why are you so hasty mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think that could work why not i think it could yeah, yeah. he tries think, to give that know, good advice but no one listens <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, you. some somebody will do this when the shows come out. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm going I mean, to take the, the episodes and put in laugh tracks on it. <laughs> Have you ever seen like some of those sitcoms though, when they take away the laugh tracks and yeah. you realize it's not really funny? No, yeah, <laughs> like, oh yeah, at all, at all. Like, like there's nothing funny about it. Like, um, or that, I, I, there, there's there's several scenes from like Friends that it's funny because there's a laugh track. You take mm-hmm. away laugh track, it's like not funny at all. I mean, like literally, like awkwardly, like. <laughs> and so, some some shows actually get better. Like Mash was supposed to be done without a laugh track, mm-hmm. and they put it in afterwards because, yeah, that was the way they did sitcoms those then those days. And I've seen a couple of episodes without it, and it's really good. But it's also much darker <laughs> without the laugh yeah. track. When they're exactly acting. so. Uh, so, Alan, are you suggesting we need to add a laugh track? Like I, I, that's, that's that's my suggestion. Yeah, that, to the to the show writers, just to add laugh tracks to the little time. Uh, <laughs> to our podcast. Oh, to our podcast. Yeah, I, I, I didn't even think about that. Um, I have to go look now. I mean, we do get from Chris. We get a good belly laugh every now and then, and it's very entertaining. Mm. Always at the right time. So yeah, hey, good point. And and I have my really awkward laugh too. So you know that that's. Um, to go back and listen to myself laugh. That's yeah. always fun um, when editing. So, um, yeah, that's all I got, I think, right now. Um, thanks, Angela, for coming on and uh, hanging out with us for a few hours. Um, I don't know. What time is it right now for you? Oh, it's just uh, five minutes past 9 p.m. Okay, perfect. Yeah. That's a great time for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's the middle of the afternoon for us, so it's a little different recording in the middle of the day. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, hey, um, we're, we're actually going to try to do this more often. Uh, not not like super often just because of time reasons for us. But every once in a while, I'll do one of these, um, especially for our European listeners. Yeah. That um, Great. have trouble listening to us when we record at, at 8.30 on a Tuesday night because that's like 3 o'clock in the morning for them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I, mean, I get it. It's kind of tough. Um if you're all the way over in Korea or Australia, it's fine because it's the morning for them. Hmm. They can listen to us live on the way into work or something or, or wherever. Um, 
but yeah, for, for the European That's crowd, it's definitely important. What do you say? Do you think we're that worthy? For what? If people would listen to us on their way into work. Oh, we have some Australian <laughs> listeners. Yeah, we yeah. we have quite a few Aussies that listen to us. Um, cool. We've had a, so, we've yeah. had a couple listen live on their commute. Yeah. I don't know if they're commuting or if they're working from home, but they listen to us. <laughs> yeah. Or if they're working at all. Uh, I have no idea. Um, so, but yeah. Um, like I said, thank you so much for coming on and um, feel free to, uh, uh, we'll have to come, you know, have you back at some point and um, we'll, oh, we'll, we'll shout out, give you lots and lots of shout outs throughout the, on, on release day. This won't come out for another week or so. Um, yeah. At oh, the, at the edit. Yeah. At the <laughs> edit. And I do have a song I have written for you guys. Oh, wow. So That's cool. <laughs> I can perform it now and you can keep it in or just take it out. As okay. You sure. Full you, want. you get a live performance. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Let's see. So you hear the guitar good? Yes. Oh, yeah. Remember, I just wrote it. Like I started writing it five minutes before recording started, so okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> you don't have to apologize for anything. Oh, can you hear as the wheel reeves sharing their lives and their tangents? Beginners and old, the story is told. With days you mine with their talents. The wheel reads, making theories in the weeds. The wheel reads from root of the books to the leaves. Mm, from root from the books to the leaves. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank and you. I, and I also will record it properly and send it to you. Okay, awesome. awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks. That's we appreciate it. it that's officially that? the highlight of the show. Uh, Matt is no longer my favorite from this episode. It's Andrew. <laughs> Andrew is my favorite. It's not Andrew. Awesome. Oh, great. Well, how can people find you? Um, yeah, Andrew, you can, I mean, you're on YouTube and Twitter, but. Yes, you can find me pretty much everywhere on YouTube, on Twitter, and Instagram. I'm Andrel Bard of Time. Or All just right. Google search it and you will find me. Yeah. I'm at the top of the la- races, list. <laughs> list, right? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Very good. Oh. And go ahead. No, that's about it. Uh, okay. I'm going to sometime soon going hopefully going to put out my music on spotify and streaming oh. platforms like as well oh that'd be awesome Very yes good. that's like the new thing that a lot of music artists do now is they release directly to rather than selling albums they're just doing these free i don't know how that's that's working like i had a friend of mine who's or you know he's a he has a band and everything like that and he did like a triple album release like on spotify it's all free like i'm like but, but I guess they get paid through Spotify. I don't. I don't yeah. know how that works. I'm not. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you do. And you don't. You know, if you don't have tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of streams, you don't make any money actually on it. Sure. But yeah, it's just. 
I just want it to be easy for people to listen to because oh, I know sure. ev- everybody doesn't have, you know, YouTube and can listen to that. So just right. for ease of access. And I, you know, I have yeah. over 90 songs recorded now, so I should probably <laughs> get done releasing something. You should make an album. Wow. That's it. Oh, you, uh... I have been, I, it was supposed to be released in January last year. Okay. Gotcha. So <laughs> I'm kind of slow and learning it's because right. I'm yeah. doing everything myself. So. Sure. Sounds good. Well, how we can be found at the wheel reads on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all those good places. Uh, the will reads.com um, is our website. The will reads at gmail.com is our email. Uh, Patreon.com slash the will reads is how you support us. Or you can go to new creations by Um That has our merch and also several merch from a lot of content creators as well. You just go to the main site, click on groups, you can find us, Black Tower, The Will Weaves, Talk Around Riyadh, uh, Malkir Talks, and I'm probably missing some. But um, but yeah, you can find a lot of different um, content creators merch on there as well. So feel free to go check it out. Um, buy some of our stuff or some of their stuff. Um, really, honestly, just help the whole community as a whole out. Uh, Discord. Think about joining that too. Um, like I said, I just gave away a t-shirt to someone from discord so if you come listen to us when we do these live recordings open to all you're more than welcome to come and win free stuff every once in a while not saying that i'll do that all the time but yeah um it, you know yeah <laughs> uh every once in a while we'll, we'll, we'll do that um anything else from you guys anything i'm missing until next time peace Thank you for listening to The Wheel of Reads. See y'all next time.